Hey everyone and welcome to Express Magazine's fourth issue of the fall 2021 semester. I'm your host Mariana Garrick and the theme here is all about sanctuary. Today we'll be discussing yoga therapy. You ready? Thanks so much for tuning in. According to yogatherapy.health, it is said that yoga therapy is the specific application of yogic tools such as postures, exercises, breath work, meditation techniques, and more to address an individual's physical, mental, and emotional needs. Today's special guest is Stephen Ingram, an Arizona-based yoga therapist. You can find Stephen on Instagram and TikTok at FutureNMDYogi, where they create a safe space for their combined 10,000 followers to discuss holistic healing, heart, intention, and mindful living. Stephen, I am so excited to be speaking with you today. Can you tell me exactly what is yoga therapy? The word yoga comes from an ancient Sanskrit word which is Y-U-J, it's pronounced, it's pr- kind of pronounced like the word huge, but it, without the H, huge. And that means to unite mind, body, and spirit. Ultimately, all of the practices of yoga are meant for that goal of uniting mind, body, and spirit. The yoga tradition doesn't believe that mind, body, and spirit are separate. <laughs> you know, you know, in our in our Western world, we we tend to compartmentalize physical health and mental health and spiritual health, and that's not that's not how the ancient yoga tradition views it, or really any of the Dharmic traditions from India. They see the mind, body, spirit as a continuum and not as a, not as separate entities. I preface all of that because the, the major ultimate goal of yoga is liberation, to liberate us from our suffering, to liberate us from traumas we may have had in our lives, certain experiences with family members, or it kind of stems, you know, from, it goes from, the continuum um, goes from mental suffering to physical suffering that we may experience as the result of maybe a car accident or maybe you have a chronic health condition. So the Sanskrit word for suffering in the yogic traditions and the dharmic traditions is dukkha, D-U-K-K-H-A. Generally, we translate that word as suffering. Probably a better translation of it may be unsatisfactoriness. So we, there may be times in our lives when we have a tremendous amount of pain, like mental pain, depression, anxiety, grief, very strong emotions. But beyond that, we have these day-to-day, maybe monotonous happenings that are, that we don't like. <laughs> and so that's where the unsatisfactory part comes in. Yoga ultimately is a practice to teach us how to better deal with suffering and not only to better deal with it, but to liberate ourselves from it, to awaken from it. I just, I have to preface all of this because yoga therapy is uh, in some respects separate and distinct from yoga. That's that's the main emphasis. So in in our Western world, Yoga, unfortunately, because of colonization, has been distorted away from the roots of its initial intentions, shall we say, and traditions. In the westernized yoga world, yoga is all about the asanas, which are the physical postures. 
and yoga goes beyond just the physical postures yoga goes there are multiple forms of yoga but the general gist of yoga practice is that yoga not only includes the physical postures breath practices meditation ways to concentrate the mind what we call withdrawing of the senses because one aspect that creates suffering is our attachment to our sensory experiences as human beings so for example when you have a panic attack there's clinging an attachment to oh my god I, you know i just failed this exam which which causes this entire manifestation of of intense sensation to arise within the body and so it's not the intention of yoga is not to avoid suffering because that's impossible suffering happens in our everyday lives um the goal of it is to become is to be I would say even more intimate with it in a in a loving, kind and tender way, dealing with, you know, we often use the phrase being with the reality of what is. And sometimes the reality of what is is very intense and it doesn't feel safe to go into that necessarily. But we have to keep in mind that all of the tools of yoga of which I just mentioned this is a practice. This isn't just something that, you know, oh, I'm going to I'm going to think about not not suffering and I'm enlightened. <laughs> I'm awakened, I'm liberated. This is a very harrowing practice, I would say, because it is a practice of getting in touch with stuff that is not so comfortable. So I would say that that the focus on liberation, the focus on um moving beyond our attachments to sensation moving beyond our reactions to suffering that arises within our life these are all the true intentions of yoga there's a lot of work in many areas on decolonizing yoga and in that getting back to the root and essence of what this practice was meant to be about because the truth of the matter is that when yoga is appropriated away from its ancient tradition. And the COVID pandemic is a prime example of this. All of the crazy kind of anti-science that has arisen within the yoga community has created real harm toward the people that are upholding the culture where this tradition came from. So there was a massive amount of silence in the westernized yoga community when India was deep in the threshold of COVID-19. Ultimately, our yoga practice is not just a call to end our own suffering. It's not just about us. It's that we are working to end our own suffering so that we can help end the suffering of others. That's called karma yoga, the, the yoga of action. So it's about moving beyond yourself and helping others ultimately. And so this is what happens when yoga has been contorted away from its traditional roots is that we have this whole focus on the asanas, on, on, the, on the physical postures and not on the other aspects of the practice that allow us to go beyond ourselves and to not only reduce our own suffering, but help reduce the suffering of others. So it is a mind, body, spirit practice that absolutely enhances our overall health, well-being, vitality, 
and can transform us in profound ways if we're willing to do the inward work of yoga. There are so many questions that did arise from everything you were saying that has me thinking about how you were talking about like the original teachings of yoga and the and now the colonization and probably even the gentrification of it. I also have a question about how do you feel about how everything is being shown on TikTok and social media and YouTube? How different is it from the initial belief system? Our modern view of yoga is not yoga, it's exercise. When you take, and this is what happens with white supremacy and, and colonization, is that white people in all traditions around the world have taken bits and pieces of various spiritual traditions around the world and made them their own with little regard for the people that uphold those traditions, period. Yes. When the practice of yoga, as you see on TikTok and Instagram, is people upside down on their head, that makes yoga inaccessible one, it makes yoga as a, as a spiritual practice, as a path of liberation, inaccessible to people because the sole focus is on asana. And it also disrespects an entire population of people of which this practice originates. And in that, harm is caused. And that is perfectly outlined in what I was saying earlier about COVID, is that by and large, the entire I don't want to, I, by and large, this is a generalized statement, the westernized yoga world was silent about the, the pandemic in uh, India a couple months back when it got really bad and they were having to burn bodies in, in public places. And it's the antithesis of yoga practice because what yoga means is that we are working on our own suffering so that we can then go out and serve others. The idea with yoga is that if we don't deal with our own suffering, then we're living our life. Our lives end up being self-centered. And the westernized yoga world through TikTok and Instagram is entirely self-centered. There've been several scientific research studies talking about, uh, you know, because meditation is a, an aspect of yoga, it's not separate from yoga. Um, there's been multiple research studies essentially prove the fact that the way we have presented meditation and, and yoga, which is seen as asana in our westernized world, only enhances people's sense of self and egoism instead of reducing it. What is the exact difference between okay. yoga and yoga therapy? Okay, so here's what I'm going to say, because this is a very important point. Yoga therapy is separate and distinct. It's influenced by yoga. Otherwise it wouldn't be called yoga therapy. <laughs> the difference is that yoga therapists, they use those same practices and principles, but this is the difference. Those practices and principles are for a specific therapeutic purpose and to achieve a specific therapeutic result. Let me frame it this way. I think this is a good analogy. I like to make these distinctions because I, I think it helps differentiate it for people. A yoga teacher versus a yoga therapist is essentially the difference between a personal trainer and a physical therapist. And also the difference between a life coach and a psychotherapist. 
there's a higher level of training among yoga therapists, physical therapists, and psychotherapists than there are on the latter side. That was the perfect analogy. So Steve and I are just barely touching the surface of this topic. If you'd like to read more, please visit expressmagazine.org and click on my article, A Journey to Peace, The Yogic Way, to learn even more about yoga therapy. Steven, I'd like to thank you so much for speaking with me today and for enlightening us about the difference between yoga and yoga therapy, the westernized yoga world, and for showing how truly passionate you are about what you do. I'm your host, Mariana Garrick, and I'm signing off. Have a good one, everyone.